Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Rooted Deep, a podcast featuring Reba Bowman and Allison Hale. This is Reba, and welcome to Rooted Deep. Alice and I are sitting here today, excited to talk a little bit about James. And Allie, I think you've got some birds chirping in the background of your Dominican tropical whole feel that we get going on this podcast every week. Yeah, uh, every once in a while they just gather, and we have seen parrots on the other side of the neighborhood, and Gary's trying to figure out why they will not fly over here. We have all the fruit trees that they would like, um, we have low walls. Uh, we just, he's like, he's walking around the neighborhood wondering why we don't have the parrots. And I'm like, they like the other neighborhood better. I don't know. I was walking one day and I saw, it was almost like when we were on the Island, that's how many parrots we, uh, we see oh, in our neighborhood. It's just crazy parrots. And, crazy uh, but parrots. over here, it's just little, uh, they're just little warb, crazy parrots. Over here, they're just little warblers and, um, and doves, some doves. They're still together. pretty that's though. Pretty you know, I mean, yeah. I get it. So well, maybe, maybe Gary needs to go outside and just go here, parrot, parrot, here, parrot, parrot, or something like that. Maybe they'll come. <laughs> maybe they'll come. <laughs> he's so mad. He does. He's so mad. He doesn't have parrots on this side of the neighborhood. I, yeah. Well, anyway, uh, anyway. So, but we always love. We always have a. If you've listened to our podcast in the past, you know that Allie records in the Dominican, and so there's always this, um, you know, natural tropical background going on. Uh, and, and by tropical, we mean uh, people with speakers in their trucks and um traffic uh zooming down motorcycles zooming down the background and birds and so always a fun thing well Allie, we've been kind of uh kind of plowing through the beginning of james and that's been uh it's been exciting stuff i've i've actually enjoyed it i have enjoyed um then and, and i've it's made a difference even in the last couple of weeks in our in my ministry um just some of the things that we've already talked about has made some changes in um, maybe the way I deal with some things at the workshop or maybe some of my prayer life, you know, asking for wisdom, you know, stuff like that. I really do see a difference um, in just how I'm ministering based on our few podcasts in James. So hopefully everybody else is, is getting that same, um, getting that same uh, result. Oh yeah. Because last week we were, uh, if you're following along with us in James and I, and I hope you are, uh, last week we plowed into James two at the beginning, and so we really, you know, James really gets in our business and kind of immediately jumps into the fact it's like, hey, don't don't show or pass judgment on people maybe that are of a certain status uh, financially or uh, maybe they just kind of fit your group. Uh, be careful that we don't uh, show prejudice for one group of people over another group of people, and and he's going to kind of. He's going somewhere with this thought because he continues on and he says, look, don't show favoritism, um, not only in areas of finance or areas of, you know, if somebody's rich, you're, you're showing impartiality or if somebody, you know, if somebody's different um, than you, you're kind of judging them in some way. But now he's going to really dive in and he says, look, even in your areas of sin uh, and man, you know, this one. Now, if the other one didn't get in your business, this one's getting in your business because he's going to say, look, your sin's no worse than somebody else's sin or no better than somebody else's sin. So, you know, he he, he kind of compares to sin. He says a man who murders and a man who commits adultery, both of these are sin. Um, and, you know. I think all of us at times would like to feel like that our sin is not as bad as somebody else's right. sin. And somehow God has this scale of sin 
Uh, and it runs from the littlest sin to the biggest sin. And as long as we keep our sins on a little end, we're okay. But that's not what the Bible teaches. It, it is not. And we, we know this because uh, James is really clear on anything. There, If it's one sin, you're separated. It's separated. And so you, and, and it's again, it goes back to the old, before you judge somebody else, why don't you check out what's in your own eye? This, yeah. you know, the, the, um, uh, from Matthew seven and, uh, and just say everybody, everybody needs mercy and the mercy is going to come from God and it's going to come from God through us as we mm-hmm. deal, as we deal with these interpersonal relationship but we have absolutely no right to judge anybody else because their sin is quote unquote bigger or worse or you know like you said the scale and so um and so we have to be if we're and and i love that james addresses and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago how james addresses these practical points of living a christ-like life Mm -hmm. but where it deals with interpersonal relationships and there's continual tips on okay this is what holiness looks like and this is how it looks as you're dealing with other people um and i think that's really important because that's practical christian living oh i agree i agree and i think you know i think if we could sum it up in in a phrase at least what we've studied so far of james in this in this particular chapter is look mercy triumphs over judgment so we're not called to be judged we're not called to throw out judgment we're called to give mercy so our job is not to judge someone and sit in, in, in lording it over somebody, but our job really is to realize that we are sinners just like they are, and we want mercy. So because we want mercy, we show mercy. Right, right. And, and, and again, we don't have those degrees, and we don't start um, putting people at, and, and, I, and I feel like over the last uh, few decades, we've seen the church, um, Big C Church, you know, put people on pedestals and then people are getting knocked off pedestal pedestals because these, you know, and, um, and and at the same time, and there, there's no reason these people, this preacher is the best because he's just so gregarious and charismatic. This little guy over here is, you know, and, um, and we, and we're judging. And then we start judging people on, well, I'm not as bad as that guy. Divided the church. It's divided who we are and it's dividing, you know, it's even the dividing the congregations, um, where because again we're not having mercy we expect mercy we all want mercy but we never give it um and and i I think that's james is like okay enough you people um you got to work together you got to all have mercy because you've all received mercy and the same and the same amount it's not like i got more mercy than you did you know right no absolutely and i think this is where james is now he's kind of setting this groundwork for where he's going because he says look here's the deal you can claim to be to have faith, okay? You can claim to be a Christian. You can claim mm-hmm. to be a believer. You can claim to have all of these things, but you have to back up. Your life should back up what you claim to be. Um, and so James is going to dive into right. this segment on faith and works. And he says, what good is it if someone mm-hmm. claims to have faith and doesn't have works? Can the faith save him? Now, a lot of people through the years have said, oh, wait a minute, is this saying you work your way to heaven? Absolutely not. That's not what this passage is teaching. But what it is teaching is simply this. If you claim to have something, you better be able to back it up with your life. Because if your life doesn't back up what you say you have, then maybe you don't have it at all. Right. It's a, it's a kind of a check yourself moment. 
Um, and we've seen this over and over again with uh, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. And we've heard it and we don't, you hear it more from the unchurched, you know, that yeah. person says he's a Christian, but I don't see, I don't see it, you know, or, and you hear it actually more from the unchurched, I feel like, um, and especially in, in the Dominican culture, you see that more and more. There's a way that somebody should live. And and it does go back to, um, it does go back to their, Christians look a certain way and that's, we don't, and that's not what saves you. We know that that's not what saves you, but at the same time, the unchurched is like, we're looking for something here. We don't see mercy. We don't see love. We don't see grace. We don't see kindness. We don't see, we don't yeah. see these things that are supposed to be you know, yeah. um, so why do we and want so what that's, you have? And, and that's sad. That's sad. Yeah, absolutely. And I, it's interesting. James is addressing the brothers and the sisters of the faith. And, and, and so he's really going to, he's really yeah. speaking into, and we understand that at the time James is writing this, there's a lot of persecution going on at the church, in the church, uh, for those who are following Christ. It's not popular at this time that James is writing to be a believer in Jesus. And so a lot of people are losing their jobs and they're losing their homes. And so James is speaking, I believe James is speaking into that somewhat. He's like, look, this is a time for all of us to band together as brothers and sisters in Christ. If we can't treat each other well, then seriously. And so, you know, we get to verse 15 and he says, look, if a brother or sister is without clothes or lacks food, and one of you say to them, go in peace. All right, stay warm, be fed, you know, mm -hmm. uh, but you don't give them what they yeah. need, then what good is it? And, and I just think, wow, that, I mean, that's just so practical. It's like James is saying, um, you know, I'm from the South, Allie. And so, you know, I get this. I know what the expression is in the South. You know, it's like you see someone who's in need and you go, bless your heart, bless their hearts. Yeah, yeah. They, need, they don't they need, need a blessing. Yeah, <laughs> they, they need they need food. They need, you know, they need care for. And so James right. says, look, if that's where your faith, that's where what you believe and what you say you believe steps in. And now you put action to these words that you say, I'm a believer. I'm a follower of Christ. I'm a Christian. Well, if you are, and you see a brother in need, step up, step up. Yeah. Right. And I think this passage more than any other passage in, in our ministry has really, because when we go out on the streets and talk to women who have been exploited and we just, to say, hey, Jesus loves you. And they're like, yeah, we know that. But we're out here because we're, our kids are hungry. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so, um, and I'm not cheapening the phrase, Jesus loves you. No. But we're saying Jesus loves you. And here's how he loves you right now. I'm going to buy you a, a plate of chicken and I'm yeah. going to offer you something that you can work, you know, and because I can't just walk by and say, Jesus loves you. Stop doing this. It has to be with um, the, you know, with the, the, the warmth and the food and the, the physical needs need to be met. Um, and mm. again, this is not a workspace salvation. It's just walking by and saying, if I want to tell you about my, let me tell you about my Jesus. If I'm going to tell yeah. you about him, I also need to show you, you know, physically what, who he is and, and how he can, how he sustains us. And it's, it's, it, and you know, that faith without works, that's what it, you know, so in a practical way, that's kind of what's driven our, you know, kind of the, the, the structure of our ministry mm -hmm. is this right here, because we can walk by and be church ladies all day. Yeah. Um, but unless there's something in our hands to put in somebody else's hands, it's absolutely no, absolutely. That's so good. That's so good because I think he makes this important statement here. And, and, and this is really good. I mean, this is where the rubber meets the road. 
he's going to pull this thing down and he says, look, sure, you can say, hey, I'm a believer, but I don't have to do all that. I mean, I can believe in Jesus. He says, look, wait a minute. The devil believes Jesus exists and he shudders. Okay. The demons yeah. believe yeah. Jesus exists and they shudder. This is not, and I think, to, I'll be honest with you, I think this is where every, every person who calls themselves a follower of Christ needs to stop, pause, and ask themselves a question. Do I, does my life back up what I say I believe? Because the demons mm -hmm. believe. So this is not a matter of yeah. I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. I yeah. believe that Jesus died on the cross. The, the devil right. believes all of that, okay? So yeah. how are you any different than him? Because he's going to spend eternity in a lake of fire. So how are you any different than him? And that is if you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And as a result of that, your life should look different. And, and so it's not enough just to believe, okay? It, it's a, it's, I'm putting my faith in. It, it's an action step that I take beyond that. The devil believes, but he's never going to put his faith in Christ. He's never going to say, I'm insufficient of my own. And I've got to come to you because right. I, I have nothing in me good. And you're going to have to that save me. No, the devil's not going to say that. And so I think for all of us, we've got to say, okay, wait a minute. Let's make sure of our salvation. Or do we just believe? Mm -hmm. Oh, I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. I believe he died on the cross. I believe, I believe all these things. But my life doesn't back up what I believe at all. Yeah. Or is my life demonstrating that I believe something. And James is going to really, I mean, in verse 20, he just gets, I mean, he's like, you senseless person. Yeah. You know, I mean, are, are you clueless? Yeah. Uh, are you, you know, are you, are you, are you, do you really believe that you can say you believe something and your life doesn't back it up and it's still true? Yeah. Yeah. And, and understanding, and I think we've, we've heard that old illustration about a guy who sits on the roof of his house when the flood water waters are right. rising right. and he keeps saying, God's going to save me. God's going to save me. And, you know, first thing, here comes a guy with a ladder and a boat said, Hey, you know, and then the next time here comes a helicopter and they're like, and he's like, no, 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 God's going to save me. God's going to save me. But he doesn't, he doesn't jump in the boat or climb up right. and, you know, so he gets to heaven and I thought you were going to save me. And God's like, uh, well, I sent you a helicopter. I sent you a boat. And, and yeah. do we, do we trust God enough to live in, in this faith? And I think that's where, that's where the rubber meets the road. First of all, faith without at work. So are we extending mercy and, 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 um, Christ's love and care for others? Like, well, like we just talked about, and are we applying it to ourselves? Do we trust God enough to stay in the situation that he's, that he's, that he's put us in, whether it's, you know, whether it's a special needs child or a sickness or a, do we trust him enough to stay and hope and endure that's, and I think that's, a, that's another form of the, the works that shows our faith in God is that trust is he, mm. I, I trust him enough, um, to, to believe his word, uh, in this hard time. And, um, so sometimes it's external, I think, and sometimes it's, it's, it's a, definitely an internal struggle. Oh yeah. And, and I don't think that these people James are talking about were, oh, okay. He doesn't say, well, all the wealthy people give some money to the people who are struggling. He, it's not a call for all, all the you know people who have excess to go do something that won't cost them anything. I think everyone right. who's reading this letter for the very first time in his in, in the first century is going, wow, this is going to be a sacrifice for us to step into people's lives like this. And I, and I think that is just 
So true. But here's what, and Allie, I love what you said earlier about, Allie, I love what you said earlier about the women on the street, because I think that we will go, you know, we think about, oh yeah, we'll go be blessed, be fed, but we, hey, let me pray with you. And then we don't do anything to help them. Okay. And I mean, this is like, wait a minute. If I'm, if I'm really, if I'm really a believer, then I'm not just saying, let me pray with you and I'm doing nothing to help you. If there, if I have the means with which to help in some way, even if it's sacrificial on my part, I think I need to step into that because I mean, Matthew, Jesus says we're to be salt, we're to be light. How, what does that look like inside our global world? Well, it looks like putting, putting um, uh, a care and, and a showing care for people who are in need, uh, whether it be you know, a physical need or whether it be a financial need or whether it be something completely different. Maybe it's a, a, a mental, emotional need that we just need to walk through with some people. Right, exactly. Maybe it needs, you know, I think sometimes we talked about this last time. It's a, it's easier just to walk by and say, bless your heart or hand them yeah. a dollar than it is to sit and, and spend time and yeah. pour into their lives. And that's another, that's definitely um, faith in action. Uh, it doesn't, Absolutely. it's not just money. It's not just, you know, it's, it's also sitting down with somebody and really comforting. Um, yeah. and, and, and going out of your comfort zone a little bit. I, I had a situation the other day where I was I, just really dealing with somebody and they were, and it wasn't somebody from the workshop. It was actually somebody from, you know, from outside the workshop, but they were really struggling. And I, I sat down, uh, and my first reaction was, is, is always, you know, definitely don't go with your first reaction. My first reaction is I don't have time for this person to be, you know, right. sitting here and me trying to comfort because they're not telling me what to do. And, and so he, you know, he, he was like, I'm fine. I'm fine. And I was like, oh, he's fine. I could just run back upstairs. And I was like, no, spirit says, sit down and really sit with him in the moment. And I, yeah. and so after, after a while, he finally was able to share you know, what the struggles are. And, and I was able to share with, you know, with Gary. Um, but, but the thing was my first reaction was, Oh, he says he's fine. I'm going to run back upstairs. No, my, this, you know, if I really, truly, if I really, truly live, um, in my faith, it's going to be an uncomfortable time consuming work. And, yeah. and I, there's no other word to call it except for sometimes it's work. Yeah. to, to, to live out, to really, truly show the love of Christ and show mm -hmm. the, you know, it's not standing back and, and, and passing out money or passing out tracks. It's work, it's time. And, and, and that's where, again, that's where living in with the, with these James principles, where you need wisdom, where you need mm -hmm. to share, you know, what, what trials truly look like, what joy truly looks like, what perseverance and endurance and, um, these these practical lessons are going to help us when it's time to actually do the. I, I hate the word, but it's the work. It, it is. It, it absolutely is, is. No, it absolutely is, and and that's what the word James used. He's like, look, you know, you're not working your way to heaven, but your faith is absolutely being demonstrated by the works that you have. It's the proof that you have what you claim that to have. You know, I can claim to have a million dollars. And I can walk around and I can say, yeah, I'm a millionaire. <laughs> well, right. you know, I can claim that all I want to. But somebody may call me on it and say, hey, Reba, I want to see your checking mm -hmm. account. I want to see your bank statement. And at that point in right. time, now my claim is going to have to be proven. And we can all claim anything we want to claim. Yeah. And we can be lying through our teeth. Um, or we yeah. can be delusion 
of delusional and believing something that doesn't, it's not really true. But the bottom line is somebody, and this is James in this case, mm. holds that mirror up to our face and says, no, wait a minute. I want you to put up or shut up. I want you to, I want to see the evidence of what you claim yeah. to be. And that is work. And that in these cases is what our life right. does. It's an outpouring of the love of God. It's an outpouring of mercy because we're selfish people, Allie. You know, we are. I'm selfish. Good night. If I just did what I wanted to do, you know, I just want it to be about me. I want, I want to get my way. I want to have my, I want to, I don't want to right. cost me anything. I don't want to have to sacrifice anything. I want to serve Jesus and I want it to be, I want it to be awesome and all about me. But this is not what the Christian life looks like. It's Jesus says you're right. going to take up a cross. You're going to stop being selfish. And so I think for all of us, if we're really going to step into this, yeah. and he's getting ready to give us two illustrations of people who did. If we're going to step into this, then what we've got to understand is we're laying our selfishness down and we're actually sacrificing mm -hmm. and we're actually seeing things that we didn't see before because we're in tune to wait a minute, how do I love a lost world? How do I love my brothers and sisters in Christ the way God has called me to? And it's through our hands and our feet. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think about that when you said this, um, you know, taking off our selfishness or getting rid of our selfishness. You think of the Philippians 2 passage mm -hmm. where um, we're supposed to, uh, we're supposed to be like Christ, which he actually took off his divinity and put on a robe of humility and he was humble, even even and obedient all the way to. Mm -hmm. And it's like, he got rid of everything. Uh, you know, he disrobed himself of what, and it, and the, and the picture of him um, taking off his mantle and putting on it on a, on a towel and washing yeah. the feet of, of the disciples. Mm -hmm. It's, it's demonstrated several times throughout scripture where it's like, this is what it really looks like. You can sit yeah. there and say, I serve God. But I'm you like you said. I'm gonna need some evidence, and you and it can go back to um, your mouth is writing checks that your body can't cash. It's one of your favorite <laughs> lines from Top Gun. But yeah. it's like, are you really a Christian, and are you really showing us, yeah. um, you know, showing the world what what Christ looked like looks like? Because you're His hands and feet here on earth. No, absolutely, and that's just so good because um, James is gonna give us two illustrations. Uh, two Old Testament illustrations, actually, of two people who demonstrated this. The first one he's going to say is Abraham. And he says, okay, Abraham was a man of faith. He put his faith and trust in God. So what Abraham was a follower of Jesus Christ before Christ went to the cross. He, by faith, he put his faith and trust in God. Okay, but James says he demonstrated that faith when God asked him to go offer his son Isaac as a sacrifice. Now, if you know the story, then definitely you know how it ends. But if you don't, go to Genesis 22 sometime and check the story out because Abraham is asked by God to offer his son as, as a sacrifice. They get all the way to the top of the mountain and he's going to sacrifice his son. And God says, no, no, stop. I, I just wanted to see who you loved the most. Did you love him or me the most? This was just a test, Abraham. I've got great things for you. And so, and it's also was a picture of what God was redeeming and what God was saving. So there was so much in this moment with Abraham, but James uses it as an illustration of, hey, Abraham's works supported his faith because there's no way he does yeah. this otherwise. Right, exactly. That, that moment did not save Abraham. You know, right. that work of throwing 
Isaac onto the onto the altar, but it demonstrated to obviously to God and God knew it was going to happen, but it also demonstrated to Abraham himself what the way this faith is really, and it was in to the rest of the generations. And I think it's interesting that James is talking specifically to the Jewish community and and say, mm-hmm. hey, hey, your biggest example, your biggest father, um, here's mm-hmm. what faith and works looks like together. If y'all like Abraham, and I know you do, here's right. what he did. And so here's what also, this is what what, what James is asking asking the people that's how that's how strongly your works supports is evidence of your faith yep absolutely and his second illustration is a non-jewish woman who was a prostitute so i mean already if you're if you if you miss the first half of the chapter you're already judging her you're already going okay what how could how could she have a place here and he says this woman rahab um she showed her faith and demonstrated her faith in God by the fact that she saved the spies, sent them out the other way. She protected them the whole time they were there spying on Jericho. And then ultimately we know that they told her, hang a red cord out of your window. And when, when we come, your, your, everybody that's there will be saved. And what, a, and we know that happened. Um, in, in a miraculous way that did happen. And so here we have this, this woman who was a prostitute uh, before she met Christ. And here she is now rescuing these guys. And it was, and it, it could have cost her her life. So this was a definite right. act of exactly. faith. Yeah. It, yeah. And, um, and like you said, it was one of those, it, she, that scarlet thread that she threw out the window was, you know, first of all, she had already heard when she talks to these guys at the door, they're like, we need to hide. And she's like, I've already heard about your God. I know we all are, we're all trembling. We all have heard. So I'm going to go one step further. I've heard, and I believe that I believe it, but I'm going to Mm. put faith with it. And I'm going to hide you because, you know, she's heard and she's believed just like everybody else in that room. You know, Jericho was already worried. But she's like, I'm, I, I believe enough to, to, to sacrifice and, and, um, and put my family in danger, but it wasn't, yes. you know, we know it, it all came out in the end, but I, I love that Rahab has so many wonderful mentions, you know, throughout, throughout mm-hmm. the new Testament, you know, her story is such a story of redemption, but, I, but to mention her as saying, Hey, she didn't just sit back and believe and say, Oh, I've heard the stories. I believe in God. I believe in God. I believe in God. No, she stepped out. And, um, and, and was saved, uh, because of her faith. Um, but her faith is what, again, it's what it looks like. It's that evidence again, Mm -hmm. it's the proof of, you know, the proof is in that faith, in that faith step of hiding them. And I think it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful example. And I love that they're, that, that, that they're sharing that James shares these two old Testament because mm-hmm. he's trying to say, okay, we, you know, you've, you've put your faith in the law, you've put your faith in, in yourself and in your ability to keep the law which we know that's impossible um and so here's what it looks like but now in the practical sense in the in the in the time of grace in the time now that mm-hmm. post christ or after you know after the um here's what it looks like for here's what here's what it looks like and to tell um because it's interesting that he's talking i think it's really interesting that he's talking to jews which have which have for for years have lived their life by their works Mm-hmm. you know they're um 
they didn't, it wasn't faith. It was their works in the law. It was like keeping the law and all of these things that they had to do to keep, to keep there. Yeah. And he's like, now you have faith, but now, now they're, the, the works are after the, after the faith. Do you understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And so I think it's oh, interesting yeah. that he's talking to a workspace religion about showing their, showing their faith. Um, now there does have to be evidence, but it's not based on you. The evidence is based on, is based on Christ. No, absolutely. Because, you know, the Jewish people had just gotten, they had just gotten absorbed with, with all the commands of God. And somehow they believed that somehow keeping all these commands is going to elevate them. And, you know, obviously scripture teaches us that God said, I gave you the law, not to elevate yourself. I gave you the, all, the law to show you what a sinner you are. And so here we get this moment of, mm-hmm. you know, where James is going to speak into this again. And he says, okay, wait a minute. Do you have evidence of your salvation? It, it, yes. You talk about this or that, mm-hmm. but, but what I want to know is, do you have the proof? I, there's a, there's an old quote that says, if you were ever arrested for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? And I think there is some, mm-hmm. I think all yeah. of us need to ask ourselves that question. I really do. Do we have evidence of our salvation? And if you say, um, boy, I, I don't know, you know, um, it, you know, I simply say, is there was, is there been a change in your life? You know, now I, I want to tell you, I got saved mm-hmm. when I was five years old. Okay. So I didn't go from being yeah. a radical drug dealer at five, uh, to being, you know, to being transformed in a miraculous way. But what I can tell you is this throughout my life, there's been evidence of transformation. One of those evidences is I have a desire to follow after Christ. One of those evidences that I get convicted mm-hmm. by the Holy Spirit and I feel, I feel the sense of conviction. I need to be repent. I need to get this right. Okay. Um, I have a desire uh, to get in God's word. I have, these are things that don't come from the natural person. So there's evidences in my life that, that I, that I truly put my faith and trust in Christ. And then I hope that you could look at my life if you've spent a week with me and you would say, you know what? I see the evidences of the salvation work of God in Reba's life. This thing that God is working out, you know, Philippians 1 says that God is working in us to bring us to the likeness of himself. I hope you would, if you hung out with me for a week, I hope you would see that. So now I'm asking mm-hmm. you that same question. Yeah. If you're listening, if we hung out with you for a week, would we see that? You know, would we see the evidences of what you say you believe? And if not, wow, Allison, I mean, this would be what a podcast to say, wait just a minute. I say I believe, but the demons say they believe and they tremble. So what is the evidences in my life? Do I have a desire? Do I feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit when I step in and, and I'm living in sin? Um, you know, do what what is it? you know, that I can show and, and point to in my life um, as, boy, this was a transformation in my life. I've seen God do his work in my life. And if you don't have that, then boy, I mean, what? I mean, Allison, we're telling them right now, yeah. if you don't have that, it's not too late. Stop right now, confess your sin and trust Christ, right? Yeah. Exactly. And it can't, and I don't think the evidence has anything to do with your outs, outward 
things you don't do or things you wear or things you don't wear or right. tattoos that you don't have or you know what I'm saying I think yeah, a lot yeah, of yeah. a lot of especially in the Christian community have have focused on this externalism mm. but there's no change on the inside and so that's where and and that's where and that's where it's um that's where the fruit comes from with in you're not just mm-hmm. nailing fruit to the outside of a rotten tree it's right. uh, you know and so that's why my gary duct taped some limes one time onto a tree outside he's like i finally got limes on our tree and he had gone to the store bought a bag of limes and just duct taped them to the tree because he was frustrated you know and that's yes. uh, but that's i mean that's a uh, an illustration of what christians <laughs> do to show their faith is just like yeah. tacking on you know, tacking on the fruit on the outside right. to look like everybody else or, um, but it's that, like you said, it's that inward, the conviction, the, we've mentioned trust in God. We've mentioned the faith and the joy that comes from within and that. Um, and so that's what you de- definitely, if you are not, if you don't have that, you know, mm-hmm. then, then, mm-hmm. then get alone and, 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 and pray and ask the Lord, Hey, Hey, hang on a minute, you know, yeah. confess. And, and like you said, and put, put your faith in God and not in your own, in your own works. Yeah. And, and honestly, I think that's how we close the podcast today is the fact that I, I don't care what mm-hmm. you said about your life prior to this podcast today, listening to this. Um, I don't know what you, I don't care where you go to church. I don't care what, it's like Alex said, I don't care what you do or don't do. Okay. I don't care what you wear or don't yeah. wear. I don't care what version of the Bible you use or don't use. What that's none of those things are what we asking you, and it's not what James is asking either. Um, James is just looking into your life and saying, "Wait a minute, do you have evidence of the love of Christ that flows through you? Do you have evidence um, through your life that your life is showing a demonstration of what God has done in your heart in your life? And if not, if not, okay, then you need to inspect your life and you just say, "Wait a minute." Maybe I'm quick to judge and and not and, and refuse to show mercy. I'm just gonna tell you that is not the sign of a believer. You know? Um, and so it's like, okay, wait a minute. <laughs> I, I need to ask myself these questions and really get this nailed down. Because this is, I think, one of the most scary passages in all of scripture. And Jesus made this statement that at the end there'll be many that'll come before him and they'll say, But Lord, Lord, didn't mm-hmm. we do wonderful things in your name? Didn't we cast out demons? Didn't we do this? Didn't we do this? And Jesus will look at them and say, I never knew you. And I think this is mm-hmm. a pretty heavy passage. Didn't we do it in whose name? Yeah. We did it in your name. We, we, but, but Lord, what we thought, and these are people who are looking good on the outside, but have nothing internally on the inside. And so what we're looking saying is, wait a minute. Um, Allison said it so well. Let's let's get the inside right. And I promise you, if you get the inside right, as God does his work in you, the outside will manifest itself correctly. All right. Well, we are uh, we are so glad that you've been able to be a part of the podcast today. Our prayer is that if you don't know Christ, you would trust him. Um, our prayer is that and let us know, man, if you pray that if you pray that prayer, if you said, man, I listen to this podcast. God really got a hold of my heart and I trusted Christ as my Savior. Please reach out to us. We would love to rejoice with you in that. We would love to have fun with you in that and just be excited for you as you grow in your faith. Uh, But thanks so much for joining us today. We're going to continue our study in James. So we're going to be diving into James chapter three on the next podcast. So if you're just joining us, jump back. 
catch chapter one and chapter two's podcast, and then dive in with us this week as we read, study, and think about, meditate on James chapter three. Otherwise, until then, we hope you have a great week and stay rooted deep. Thank you for listening to Rooted Deep. To learn more about Dare for More Ministries, go to dareformore.org and look up Mercy Workshop at mercyjewelry.org.